Good morning. Welcome to Gap Hill. Let's stand together. Have you come to bless the Lord? Have you come to lift him up? Lord, we bless you in this place. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord. Let's put our hands together. Lord, we bless you in this place. I give you glory for all you've brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. And I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. grace has been enough, and I'm believing that the best is yet to come, and the cross before me, and my hope on things above, and in you, Jesus, oh, the best is yet to come, oh, your prayer.
bless you, Lord Jesus, for there is none like you, worthy of all, all glory and honor. We lift you and magnify your name, O Lord Jesus, for there is none like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just bless him together, church. Hallelujah. We magnify you. Worship the Lord, church. He is worthy. We magnify you, O Lord Jesus.
bless you, Lord. We praise you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Continue to worship. You may be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen and amen. So good to see everybody with us this morning. May God richly bless you today as we worship together. Um, if I may, I want to go really quickly to a few requests before I get into my word. I need a little more. Uh, that is for, first off, Brother Lewis Addis. Many of you may know that Brother Lewis has been having a lot of issues here of late. And he is having some issues with his lungs. He went to get his heart checked and said it just looks like spider webs in there. So he's having a lot of breathing issues and things like this. So let's just pray. God's the one that has to touch him. All right. There's nothing really doctors can do. So God's going to have to do this. So his people, God's people need to pray for Lewis today. And also for his wife, his family, his daughters, that God would be with them as well. Also for Joyce Harless, as many of you may have known, Ms. Joyce Harless is really in hospice in a sense. She is at Oconee Medical Center. They are not expecting her to make it. I'll be calling to get an update here in just a little while after service. But last speaking with her, uh, she was basically just hanging in there. But they are expecting her to pass. She did let Lisa know that she's ready to go see Jesus. So that's always a good testimony, isn't it? When you've got a loved one that's leaving you and they're letting you know they know where they're going. Praise the Lord. So we thank God for Miss Joyce today, but continue prayers for her and her family. Also for Sandra, her recovery. She had knee surgery, as many of you know. That's why I'm working hard today on the keyboard and preaching. But I love doing it, so I'm fine with that. But want to pray for her healing, that God would touch her and let her do like she did with her last one. She did really good, so hopefully this one will be the same way. Uh, still prayers for Ava, my niece, that the Holy Spirit would be with her. Tomorrow is surgery day. Uh, Ava's uh, only um, a, a week old, I guess. And I can't remember the exact date. And unless I look at a calendar, I won't remember. So I'm not even going to take the time to do that. But she's just a little baby. I just had her. And so just want to be in prayer for Ava that God, it was 10-10. That was the date. 10-10. So eight days old. And so she'll be having her surgery tomorrow. It's a 90-95 percentile succession rate that everything will go good. So we're praying for her. Some of you have asked me about giving. I set up on, there's a GoFundMe on Facebook. If you want to give, you can go to my page and you can do it there. What we're having to do, we're, we're raising money in order to, to keep them in Charleston because it's about three and a half, four hours away. And so people have been generous. Uh, we've raised almost $3,000 for them. We had a goal of 5000 And uh, we're going to take that money. We're actually buying a place for them to stay. We're looking to rent a house. We just got finished renting one for a week. And uh, we're going to do that again, hopefully, this week. Got some realtors looking for us so that they can stay there near their baby instead of having to come back home. So be in prayer about that. But some of you asked me about giving. If you want to give, you can just walk up to me and hand it to me. Jennifer's coming back. She's out of town right now with them, but she's coming back probably tomorrow. I'll give it to her. She'll get it to Bridget. She can use loose cash for, for whether it be eating or whatever it may be. So if you want to help with that, we'll be more than blessed for you to do that. And we thank you for those that have already given. And also to our Facebook crowd today, thank you for joining us in the house of the Lord. I always forget to welcome our Facebook crowd, but we got people watching right now. And so I hope today that the Holy Spirit will just touch us and minister to us in a special way. I want to speak on this topic today, if I could, for just a few minutes. It is simply fighting a successful war against Satan. I don't know about you folks, but I hate losing. Is there anybody else in here that hates losing? Do I have people that enjoy losing? I mean, if you enjoy losing, then, then you're weird. I thought I was weird, but anybody that just enjoys losing, that's just very, very strange to me. And there's something in me I like winning. And it's no different when it comes to my spiritual man. 
I'm fighting a battle. I'm fighting against the devil. And I'm going to tell you folks today, I plan on winning this battle. I do not plan on losing. I do not feel like crawling in a corner and giving up. Have I made mistakes? Sure. Have you made mistakes? Sure. But I'm going to wipe off the dust. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go again. Because I'm going to win. With the help of God, we are going to win this battle. See, I want you to understand today. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. You've heard it many, many times. He says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. That's humans in other words. But we are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. There's nothing worse than finding an enemy that you cannot see. How many of you ever watch those movies whenever they get on those movies and these ghosts appear? And you're fighting and while you're fighting a ghost hits you in the back and you're sitting thinking, man, where did that come from? It's hard to fight somebody when you can't see them. And there's times in the spiritual world that the devil sneaks up on us and he attacks us and the reason he catches us off guard is because we just didn't see him coming. So he says, when you're in this battle, you've got to understand there's times that you are not going to see trouble coming, but it's going to come. You are not going to see heartache coming to your family, but it's going to come. You are not going to realize that that relationship is so special. It's Facebook official. We never have problems. Let me tell you something, folks. For people that all the time be smooching and kissing on Facebook, and like they all, oh, everything's lovey-dovey. Let me tell you something. They just got finished arguing just this morning, all right? I'm just going to tell you. It's the truth, all right? Now y'all going to go and your husband going to be like, let's take a picture. Gabe. No, I don't want to take no picture. We ain't putting nothing on Facebook. Listen, you do not have to be a Christian very long to understand that you are sooner or later going to be confronted with a very startling fact. And you are going to find out that this is a war that we are in. Can somebody say amen? Does anybody understand that this means war? Does anybody understand that if you are a Christian in this house today, that there are battles, there are forces of evil that are coming against you. Many of you, you do not even recognize it yet. You do not even see it yet. But I've come to give you a warning that you better get ready because the adversary of your soul is going to do everything he can to bring war against you and your family, against your house, against this church. There's a woman, the story's told, that paraded to a minister one day. He had been preaching about the battles that he had been going through and the fights that he had been going through with Satan. He's telling the church all about it. She walks up to him and she says this to the preacher. She says, I never have all these battles and these fights with Satan that you've been talking about in church. To which he looks at her and this is how he replies. He said, two cars that are going in the same direction very seldom run into one another. There's a couple of people that got it. There's some, they're still trying to process it. If you're on the, same, on the same path, going the same way, then you're not going to have a war. I guess what he was trying to tell that woman is that she was following the devil. She was on the wrong highway. She needed to go the other direction. There is a war going on, so I need to know how in the world can we win this war. I want to say to our church, I want to say to every believer today, I want to say to everyone watching today, that we cannot afford to get laxed and complacent in our walk with the Lord. If we have ever, listen, if we have ever prayed, now is our time to pray if we have ever pushed a meal back and done something that's talked about in the Bible we don't talk about much it's called fasting 
If we've ever fasted, now is the time to fast. Because I'm telling you, Satan is at work in the world. I'm t- if we, listen, I know Washington is corrupt, but I'm telling you, if we could see the evil forces that were around the White House right now, we, we, it would, it, it, we wouldn't even know what to think. If we could see the battle that is going on in our government right now. And I'm not talking about fighting one another. I'm not talking about these little comments from this presidential candidate to that. I'm talking about the hand of Satan that is working hard to destroy and to bring America to its destruction. Because in turn, if he can attack our world and he can get us in a, in a land that says, You know what, this religious freedom you're talking about, it ain't going to last anymore. I was just looking the other day, I was reading on our, our COG news, it's our Church of God news, and, and I was reading where they were talking about there's legislation that, that is trying to get passed right now in the house, and they're trying to push it to where preachers and ministers cannot no longer get up in the pulpit and even mention that gay or homosexuality is sin. They are already trying to pass legislation. This is where church is getting in, where state is getting involved with the church, and they're trying to get to the place that is preachers. It doesn't matter that the Bible says it. It doesn't matter that the Bible tells us that that lifestyle is abnormal, and we're not supposed to live that way. They don't care about that. We are living in a world that we just are supposed to be tolerant with everything and with everybody. So for us to say that is going to become a hate crime if these liberals can get it pushed. What else are they going to tell us we can or can't say? You go to Facebook today and we're preaching on it right now. I'm telling you, if Zuckerberg listened to half the stuff I said, he'd take me off the air. I guess he ain't got time to listen to it. But if he could, he probably would. Right now, there's people, I see it all the time. There people put up things. You, you may have saw some news that broke about the Bidens and different things that were going on politically. And, and they automatically fact check and say, we can't have that out there. There's other people I've seen that have put up religious things and things that were spiritual. They thought it crossed the line. And so they said, we got to fact check. we got to take this down. And they're hiding information. And that's why our Congress right now is wanting to bring big tech companies together and talk about these type of things. How in the world are you censoring everybody? Let them express their opinions, even if their opinion is not the same opinion that you have. See, as long as they agree with you, it's all right. There is a censorship going on in the world. I want you to understand that there is an enemy that is at work. And what he is wanting to do is to silence my mouth. And he is wanting to silence you. He is wanting to silence the church because when the church is quiet sin will run rampant when the preacher is quiet sin will prevail is somebody hearing what I'm telling you today the devil the unseen world is at work right now so so how do I win this battle again I'm gonna tell you the first thing you got to do is you got to identify your enemy you got to know who your enemy is please understand with me You need to eliminate in your mind who your enemies are not. See, so often we fight battles with people and things that we shouldn't be fighting battles with. And do you know the devil loves that? Because it's getting our minds off of the primary target. If I can deter, if I can get, if I can hide in the shadows over here and let y'all two do the dirty work, all right? Lay the foundation for us. 
And then Satan, after everything's going to hell in the handbasket, he steps in. All right, but I'll, I'll take it from here. I'm done with you. Let, let me go ahead. And... See, we oftentimes, we pick enemies in our mind that are not our enemies. Our real enemy is the devil. Even if he's using an individual. Even if he's using a person. It is not that person alone that is doing this. It is the devil that is working through them. We have to identify who the problem is. You can look at World War II in the United States. We didn't fight against Britain. We fought against Germany and Japan. In the com Korean conflict, you could think about that. And you may find that we did not fight against France. We fought against North Korean and Chinese armies. Why did we do that? Because the others were not our enemies. We identified who the enemy was. We didn't want to attack the ones that were not our enemy. We wanted to attack the ones that were. See, listen, frustration would set in if we had a little precious time left. And I go to my doctor and he's treating me for anxiety. Everything's anxiety and stress nowadays. I don't need to go to a doctor to tell me I'm stressed. I already know that. I don't need to go to a doctor to tell me I'm crazy and I need anxiety medicine. I already know that. But I'm going to tell you this. If I go to the doctor and all they ever tell me is you got anxiety, you got stress. And come to find out I got cancer. And the cancer's been causing my stress. My head ain't sick because I've been stressed. It's because of a brain tumor. I mean, what, what can you imagine if I go to this doctor and he's doing that? See, what's happened? He has identified the wrong enemy. He has been attacking stress. He's been in, in, attacking anxiety. So he gives me an anxiety pill thinking this is what you need. When in reality, I need chemotherapy because my brain, we got to get some radiation. This thing's growing here. He has not identified the enemy is cancer. And see, I'm telling you, there's some of us that we are fighting a battle and we failed to realize we are fighting the wrong people and the wrong things. We are fighting against the devil. He's the enemy. I am not your enemy. You are not my enemy. You ought to look at your neighbor, unless you're married, and say, you're not my enemy. You're not my enemy. See, we've got to identify this. Let me show you. Why can't we as Christians simply just fight the real enemy? Why? 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 You know, I've said this for many years and it, it troubles me. But when I look across America, not only do I see a broken world, I see broken churches. Do you know how many churches I've been a part of that I've seen split? Do you know how many churches I've preached in that when I walked in the door, I felt the aminosity so thick I couldn't cut it with a knife? Do you know how many times I walked into a local church and I thought, my God, I've never met these people. I don't know who they are, but I can tell you something. There's something crazy going on in this place. You can identify it. You can feel it. The Holy Spirit just lets you know when you walk in the door, there's something that is at work here. And it is an evil spirit. It is demons that are fighting against this congregation. I can't tell you the many times. And so I've come up with a motto. And this is kind of what my motto has been. The world is not the biggest enemy of the church. Sometimes I even wonder if the devil is the biggest enemy of the church. I'm afraid that the church is the biggest enemy of itself. Because so often we'll tear ourselves apart without the government helping us. We'll tear ourselves apart without the devil even lifting a hand. Sometimes we do it ourselves. Oh God, y all, y all, nobody don't know what I'm talking about, do you? We do it ourselves. The things that I've seen people split over get... Just disgruntled about. And Satan's walking around in his little disguise. Let, let, let's go to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to show you this. You've got to watch out for those disguises. Satan comes against us with some deceitful methods. See, the Bible said in, in this verse, he said, 
these people are false prophets. Talking about the preacher. My God, have mercy. He's using the preachers. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. So it's not always the congregation. Sometimes it's the man that's preaching. And so he says these people have disguised themselves as an angel of light. They are preaching false doctrines. They're just preaching to a crowd that wants to hear the things that are coming out of their mouth. Go back to verse 14 there. And then in verse 14, he said, But I am not surprised, Paul said, because even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. It's no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, but in the end they'll get the punishment that their wicked deeds deserve. He said, So Satan is parading around in our churches. He is a master of disguise. So when he's at work, I think you're angry with me, and it's about you and me and our fight that we've got going on. But what I can't see is the master disguiser. He's over here hiding in his disguise. I I don't even recognize him. And oftentimes he can show himself through a leader. He can show himself through people that are supposed to be the ones that are leading the congregation. Wow, wow, wow. No wonder in the end time Jesus said people are going to get confused. He said there's going to come a day that people are going to say evil is good. And good is evil. They're confused. They don't know what to look for anymore. Because Satan himself disguises as this light. So you better make sure you identify your enemy. Number two, you better investigate Satan's tactics. What's he doing? Let's look at Ephesians 6, 11. The Bible said, put on all of God's armor. How much of God's armor? All of, somebody said, well, that, that part ain't getting attacked. Well, guess what? When you're in a battle, honey, all of it can get attacked. I mean, you think when they got machine guns out there, they sitting there just aiming for the head? They just... I mean, when you under fire and you under attack, son, you just attack. That's all you know to do. You're trying to survive. He said, you put on the whole armor of God, all of God's armor, so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. How many of you know that the devil's got a strategy? How many of you know that the devil's got a plot? How many of you know that the devil's already laid out something for you? A matter of fact, the devil's got plans for me. You know, they, they used to tell me in school, they used to say you need to set goals. What does that mean, right? And then they told us you got short-term goals and then you got long-term goals. Well, I kind of figured out what that meant. I guess I was too late when I figured out I should have started earlier. But now that I'm older, I understand what a goal is. I wish I'd have known what I know now at 18 years old. Man, I'm telling you, there'd have been a lot of things different. If I just could have set those goals and knew what I knew now. Can I tell somebody today that there are times that Satan, he sets a short-term goal for you. He sets up temptation for you. He sets up nets for you to trap you in. And he just stands there and waits till you come by. And hoping that his short-term goal succeeds. Can I tell somebody he's got plans for your life? The devil already knows what he wants you to be. But can I tell somebody that while the devil has plans for you, that there's a God also that has a plan for you. And can I tell you his plan is good and not evil. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. So you can sit around and let the devil have his way with you. And you can do his goals and his bidding. Or you can sit back and say, let me get in the hand of Almighty God, wherever you lead me, I will follow. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Because I'm in your hand, I'm going to be okay. Let your plans be fulfilled in my life. Watch this. This, this is good. 1 Peter 5.8. You, 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 you've heard this one many times. Because in 1 Peter 5.8, he tells us, he says, you've you got to be alert. 
Be sober. Be alert. Be vigilant. He says, your adversary, the devil, he's walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour or kill. Now, in the New Living Translation, he said, stay alert. Alert. Now, I don't guess we're smart enough here to have codes, all right? What would y'all do if I screamed, code yellow? Evidently, code yellow means laugh. But if we were in a hospital and somebody said, code red, it means that there is a fire somewhere in the building. Please evacuate, but do it slowly. I always thought that was funny, but anyhow. If somebody hollered, code yellow, code yellow, code yellow, code yellow, what they're telling us is that there is a bomb threat in this building, and unless you want to explode, you better get moving. But do it slowly. In an orderly fashion. Code silver, code silver. That simply means that there is somebody in this building that has a weapon. They are armed and they are dangerous. If you hear the words code blue, does anybody, is anybody with me yet? Anybody know what code blue means? And then somebody comes by on a, on a, 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 a thing and they're sitting there pumping their chest. That's code blue. That means this patient is gone. We've lost them. My Lord, we've got to do CPR. And then if I'm in the hospital, you'll realize it's me when you hear the words code green. Code green means a missing patient. (laughs) They have gotten out of here. That's me. Code green. you got to stay alert. See, there's a strategy. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you never go into a battle without a strategy session. My God. you got to know how are we going to attack. What way are we going to do this? Watch this with me. Let, let, let's go on down. Let, let's go to Luke 14, 31. All right, here we go. Luke 14, 31. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers that are marching against him? Does anybody understand this scripture? We've got a king. He's got 10,000 men. The enemy over here has 20,000 men. That means for every one man he has, they've got two men. Now, do you not think that there's going to be a strategy and a tactic that's going to take place? Do you not think that they're going to have a strategy session? He said he's going to get together with his generals and the people that are smarter than he is about this stuff. And he's going to get their counsel. And he's going to figure out. Because if we just do a foot war, if I start marching and they start marching and we start trying to fight each other, well, ultimately they're going to win. They're two to one. I mean, we're not that good. So we've got to strategize. We've got to catch them off guard. We've we've got to get them when they're not alert. And this is exactly, we'll hide in the bushes. And and when they get in front of us, we'll attack them from behind on both sides. And then we'll bring in the other 5,000 and we'll we'll start attacking them from the front. We've got this strategy. And then next thing you know, these 20,000 men, they are surrounded by our 10,000 men. And we can ultimately, hopefully, win this war. But we could not do it without a strategy in place first. I need somebody to understand that the devil is very methodical. And I need you to understand that the devil has strategized in every way, shape, and form to make you fall. He is strategizing every way that he knows how to make sure that you don't succeed. But I want to tell somebody while he's strategizing against us, uh, we ought to be strategizing against him. I'm just going to sit here till my God comes. And you'll never make it. I said, you'll never make it. 
Because when you're sitting there in your lax state, the adversary is going to come against you. Satan is what I'd like to call a master at propaganda. Now when you look up the word propaganda, it is defined as this. It is a mass effort at turning or changing the opinions of men. I was at a certain church in a certain place in this certain state. And I'm preaching and we had plans to, we were going to build this building. We, we already had the layout, we had the money. The money wasn't even the issue. You know, you get ready to build most of the time and everybody like, how are we going to pay for it, preacher? Well, that wasn't the issue. We've got the money cash sitting in the bank. We already got it figured out. This is an easy deal. All we got to do is hire a contractor. We've got these five acres, beautiful four-lane highway headed towards a certain place in the state. I about gave it away. But, but we're here. We've got this beautiful land. We're able to build. Now, all we've got to do is get together as a church body. Church meetings are from hell. I'm, I'm just telling you it is. So we get together. We figure out, well, all we got to do is have the church meeting. Bless God, we have that church meeting. We can get it done. I would to God I'd have never had that church meeting. Every problem I've ever had stemmed from a church meeting. Every time. And we get in there. I got this old gray-haired man. I thought to myself, well, old brother Tommy, he's a tight man. Boy, he had money, but he was so tight. I thought, oh, God, he's going to tell us we can't afford it. I will never forget at the time, he's getting a little feeble. And old brother Tommy got up from his pew and said, Preacher, can I say something? I'm sitting there thinking, no, you can't. But, but yeah, 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 go ahead and say something. And I remember old brother Tommy, he said, well, I, I just want to say, I think we should do it. Sat back down. That's all we had to say. The tightest man I had in my church stand up to me. We need to do it. We knew that. I thought, man, we got this under the wraps. Boy, this is good. But then all of a sudden, what I did not understand. See, you learn a lot as you age. I was younger then. And what I did not understand is that while we were building a strategy to succeed, the devil was working with other people to defeat us. And I didn't see it. I didn't realize it. It's the unseen enemy. And then all of a sudden, who I thought was with me, who I... At one point knew was with me, all of a sudden they're going to stand up and they're going to give their little speech. And you think, oh, well, this is just going to be, you know, support. Of course, they're going to support the system. I mean, they, they always have. Why wouldn't they now? But what I found that day was that Satan, the master of propaganda, had gotten into the mind of that young man and he had perverted it. He had changed and steered him the way that he wanted to. And from that moment, that meeting did not succeed. All because one person had allowed propaganda, the devil, to come in and to stir up hatred and strife in their heart. And ultimately, we failed that day. We could not get it passed, all because of master propaganda. What I'm telling you is there are times that you will not see it coming. But you better be smart. You better be alert. You be Listen, I don't mean to make a fear monger out of you, but I'm telling you, you better be watching your back. Because the devil will attack you from every Every side and every angle that he can. And if you're not careful, he'll change the heart of men towards you. Oh God. Maybe that's why I'm so, so shaky. Maybe that's why I'm so, you know, I want to be your friend, but I don't want to be your best friend. Maybe that's what did me that way. Maybe it's because I've seen master propagation, propaganda at work. 
Perhaps it's because I've seen Satan turn the hearts of men that you knew were on your side. You knew they wanted the best for the church. And it was the best thing the church could do. But I've seen it change. My God, help us, Lord. There's one thing I've always said. If I'm going to be a problem, please don't let me be a problem for the church. Listen, if I was a member of the church and I was going to be the guy that was known as the guy that always held it back, I would leave. I'm telling you, I'm speaking for myself, I would leave. If I was a pastor and all I ever did was hurt my church and not help my church as a pastor, I'll pack my bags and go. Because I never want to be the guy that causes havoc to the church of Jesus Christ. I want to be the guy that says this is a war. I'm going to grab it. Brother, I'll fight with you. Sister, I'll fight with you. I'll pray with you. I'll help you through your mess. Satan will not turn us against one another. We're on the same team. We're going to grow the kingdom of God. Bless God. That's the guy I want to be. That's the guy I want to be. I never want to be the guy... That causes you problems. I never want to be the guy. That I'm always giving you discouraging news. My God help me. If that's all I've become. Then I don't deserve to be here. I want to be the person that is lifting you up. That is telling you together. We are going to make it. Why are you preaching like this pastor? Because I'm giving us a warning. That there's a master propaganda out there. And he is trying his best to change our hearts. He'll try his best to make us feel harsh towards one another. He'll try his best to make us think. Well brother so and so said this about me. He must not like me. Or, or they looked at me that way. And I don't like the way they looked at me. That that's the work of the enemy in your mind. God help us. How many, man, I wonder something. I've been mad with some people sometimes. And, and I, I realized finally it was just the devil. Anybody ever prejudged anybody? You thought you knew them and you kind of prejudged them. And you kind of thought bad of that person. I'm guilty. And then you meet that person and you're like, that's the nicest man I've ever met in my life. And what I understand, see, I didn't know it then, I do now. It was propaganda. It wasn't me. That's not who I am. What had happened is Satan had gotten into my heart. His tactic. He had gotten into my head. He made me think about that man something that was not so. When the whole while, there's nothing wrong with the man. There's nothing wrong with me. It's the real enemy. His name's the devil. He's the problem. So he's the one that I've got to be aware of. He's the one that is trying to get me. Oh God have mercy. I've got to hurry along. I got Satan will attempt us. He'll, he'll attempt to convince us. That society, in society he tries to convince us. You know adultery is permissible. He'll try to go through a matter of sins. He'll try to pervert our thinking. He'll try to turn the opinions of men. He'll even get us to a place that thinking neglecting church attendance is alright. He'll get us to that place. You know I fear for the church. Post COVID. I fear for the church. I really do. And I'm not talking about just Gap Hill. I'm talking about the church in general. I fear for the repercussions that this pandemic has had on the church. Can I preach for just a minute? Are, are y'all alright? It ain't, oh my gosh, 21 till. You got a plenty of time. I fear for the church. Because when the church is supposed to be the voice of reason. When the church is the voice that is standing up for what is right. We're the voice that cowers down. It bothers me. Listen, I know, listen, there's people watching today, and I appreciate our Facebook Live audience, and I'm going to tell you, there's some people watching today, they don't come out simply because of their health. I have no problem with that whatsoever. There's some people in our church, I know it, if they got COVID and it was a bad strand of it, it would kill them. I know that. 
So I honor them. I respect them today. And they're taking care of themselves. I have no problem with that. But I'm going to tell you what I do have a problem with. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I do have a problem when we do everything. And this is the pattern I'm seeing in the church in general. Not just our church. I'm talking in general. I am seeing a church world that in the middle of a pandemic, they are doing everything that they did before except go to church. That's a problem. That is a problem. If I can still go to a restaurant and I can eat. Come on, somebody. And I've seen some of y'all eat. Y'all eat slow. Me and my wife, the waiters and waitresses love us. We go in and they're like, you want number two? Yeah, I want number two. Yes, I want number two. We always go to places that don't speak English. I'm just saying it. All right. Yes, I want sweet tea. Yeah, you know I want sweet tea. You know she wants Diet Coke. Just get it out. The kids want cheesecake to eat with rice. Make it happen. They already know. They get it all together. We eat our food. We're out. They don't even have to worry about refilling the drinks. We've drank it all and we're out the door. We're begging for a ticket. That's how fast we eat. But I've seen some people, my God, they'll sit there for an hour and a half eating. I used to have an uncle like that. I hate to go out and eat with him because he would eat so slow. And he'd start talking and you'd bang your head on the table and say, my God, would you eat, man? <laughs> Let me do the talking. I'm going to talk. You just eat and listen. That's <laughs> all you need to do. And so, so I, and so we have this. And I'm sitting here. But I watch people. And they go to restaurants. They'll sit in there for an hour. And then they come to church. And say, well, the reason I don't come to church is because they say you get COVID because of sitting in places for a long time to get exposure. Well, you didn't care about that when you were eating that ribeye steak at Outback, did you? Somebody said, well, I've got to eat or I'm going to die. Well, let me tell you something. I've got to have Jesus or I'm going to die. I've got to have church or I'm going to die. I've got to have prayer or I'm going to die. Jesus, help Pastor Jimmy today. I'm going off and I've got to get back on. It's propaganda. And I'm afraid that Satan has, has gotten the hearts of men to where we've, we've gotten to the place that as church, that church is no longer the priority. And COVID has not helped us. COVID has hurt us. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm afraid that even after vaccines, I'm afraid that even after things get to normal, how many people in the church world in general are going to say, I don't need to go to church anymore. I don't need to be in a building with people anymore. I can watch it online. I can sit at home and I can, I can just go to heaven from here. I want to tell you, so I appreciate online. I appreciate the moments that we do it. I love Wednesday nights with you guys. I love it to death. And I enjoy Sunday mornings when I can preach to people. But I want to tell you something. If you're able to come to the local church, there is nothing like coming in and getting the experience for real. Listen, we... My God, for, for all of our Facebook people, listen, we tweak our sound. We try our best to get it just as good as we can. You have no idea how finicky th that technology is. You turn up one mic, everything else drops. It's, it's so finicky. We try in our best. We try every week to get it the best that we can. But I promise you, I could hire a professional and pay him $500 to come in here next Sunday and to mix it just right. And I promise you, the experience there will not compare to what it's going to be in this building. You can't, you can't duplicate it. And something else you can't duplicate is when the Spirit of God moves in the house. You may hear somebody shout hallelujah. You may see pastor kick a leg. But you're not in that moment when the glory and Shekinah glory has come into the house. God, help the church that we don't get to a place that we ignore the church in the middle of pandemics. And we just say, we don't need it anymore. God, help us to get back to the place that we do not listen to the propagation 
that Satan's got on us. He's a propaganda specialist, ladies and gentlemen. He'll make us doubt our mission, our cause. He'll make us doubt our victory. But I am convinced that with Jesus on my side, we're going to walk away with victory. Now and forever. Amen. Satan is a master at undercover work. I'm going to hurry as I close. He's not always up front where you can see him. He often infiltrates and contaminates everyone that he encounters. That is why Satan does not burst through our doors and say, Hey, Gap Hill, I'm here. He works through me. He works through you. And oftentimes, we don't even understand that he's doing it. Strife and envy and confusion. It is not of God. It is of the devil. And any moment that we recognize that, we know that's the tactic of Satan. Because God is not the author of confusion. Satan has been a liar from the beginning. It is his native language. He is a liar and the father of all liars. And he is the author of all confusion. So understand with me today, he doesn't play fair. He plays dirty. And any time that you play with him, you may think you can gamble, but you will lose that game every single time. So how do I overcome him? Now that you got me feeling like we're defeated and I'm going to hell, let me tell you how. You've got to identify the enemy. You've got to investigate Satan's tactics. And lastly, you've got to invest in your own preparation. Are y'all ready for this? Real quick. Find the piano and just play a little bit for me. Watch this. Watch this. Now, now, now notice what I said. You have got to invest in your own preparation. That means the pastor cannot protect you. You've got to protect yourself. It means that whenever we... Let's think about it. Whenever Satan comes against your house, if he attacks your house tomorrow, I ain't going to be nowhere near. But it is your responsibility to be able to put that prayer covering over it. Are you with me? So if I'm investigating in my own preparation, how do I do that? 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. He said, pray without ceasing. Pray without... Every day, I'm praying. When I'm walking down the street, I'm praying. When I walk my dog, I pray. When I'm getting a shower, I pray. He says, everywhere you go, pray, 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 pray. You just can't pray enough. And so as I grow in God... And in leadership, I learned that if we'd spend more time praying, we would spend less time fighting. If we would spend more time praying, we would spend less time doing the propaganda of Satan. We wouldn't be a part of it. Why? Because we identify it. We know what it is from the moment we can smell it a mile away. As children of God, we recognize He's the enemy. I read the Word daily. The Word is so powerful. It's the way Jesus overcomes Satan in the wilderness. Read your Bible. The Bible will prepare you for this war that Satan's going to bring against you. I don't care what it is He's bringing against you. The Word is powerful enough to, to send Him on flight. It did it for Jesus. It'll do it for you. And lastly, commit to Christ all that you are. Can I say, Satan is not intimidated by...
by lukewarm Christians. Satan is not intimidated by mediocrity. Satan is not intimidated by a church that just does what they have to do to get by. And don't focus on winning people to Jesus. That doesn't bother him. A matter of fact, he welcomes that. Because it works towards his tactic. It works towards his plans for us. Not only us, but our churches. It works for him. So he wants us to do that. So God is calling us to a place of commitment. 110%. Everything I am, I give to God. Do not be deceived by the strategies of Satan. You know your enemy. You prepare to battle him with spiritual weapons. Because you're not fighting with flesh and blood. I had a um, Dr. Phil kid told the story when he was preaching at a meeting. And as he's preaching, he said there's this guy that calls him on the phone. And says, preacher pray, preacher pray. To which he says, what do you need prayer for? He said, well I just heard something outside. Some laughing and giggling. and I was wondering what was going on. So I opened up the blinds to my little camper here. He was living in a camper. He said, when I opened up my blinds, he said, I saw demons. He said, they're holding hand in hand. And they're dancing around, they're chanting, and they're laughing. He said, preacher, I've grabbed the shotgun. He said, my God, son, what you going to do with the shotgun? Shoot yourself? You're not fighting flesh and blood. If you're going to win, you're going to win with spiritual weapons. That is why carnal Christians never win. Because they don't have the white weaponry to win with. If you haven't been praying, you're going to lose. If you haven't picked up your Bible lately, you're going to lose. If you haven't sold out to God, you're going to lose. Because you don't have the weapons. This is a spiritual war, folks. Let's all stand. I'm closing. So today, I declare to everybody in this church, we can defeat Satan with God's power. I'm telling somebody... In the middle of a world that's going to hell in a handbasket. In the middle of a world that is burning down businesses. Breaking windows down. Tearing their streets up. Acting like a bunch of crazy mad people. And that was putting it very nicely. It is time for us. It's time for you to fight for your life. It's time for you to fight for your family. It's time for you to fight for your community. It's time for you to fight for your nation. And yes, since we are here, it's time for you to fight for your church. Because every one of the things I just mentioned, Satan desires to have every one of them. But bless God, I'm telling you, how many of you are ready to fight the devil? I mean, how many? Listen, if, 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 if I've never been a soldier. I, I got Dennis here today. Dennis has been a soldier. We honor you today, Dennis, everyone else that served. But if I'm sitting here and I'm fighting, and I got five guys with me, and I'm getting attacked, and I'm shooting at the enemy, and all I hear is one gun going off, and I look to my side and Bob's ran. I look to my left and Ron over here is gone. And I realize that they took off. I'm the only one fighting the enemy. How do you think that would make me feel? And I'm telling you that in this Christian life, if we're going to overcome Satan, 
we're going to do it hand in hand. Because what this guy holding the gun is going to figure out is that I only got so much ammunition. I've only got so much in me left to be able to overcome these. If I just had my comrades, if I just had my brothers and sisters with me at this moment, we could surely win. And there's some of us in the church that what we have done, we have secluded ourselves and we're trying to fight the enemy. We don't need nobody else, but I'm telling you today, you do. Sometimes you need your brother and sister right beside you saying, we're going to fight him together. He's not going to defeat you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to help you. Oh, come on, somebody. So if we're going to win the battle today, we're going to win it with spiritual weapons. How many of you are ready to fight? Sing, Brian, sing. When I think about sing it with me. When I think about the Lord, save me, how we raise me, how we fill me with the Holy Ghost, how we heal me. To the uttermost When I think about the Lord How He picked me up and He turned me around He placed my feet on solid ground It makes me want to shout Hallelujah! Thank you Jesus Oh Lord you're worthy of all the glory and all the praise it makes me want to shout hallelujah Lord you're worthy you're worthy of all the glory sing that again one more time oh well it makes me want to shout oh hallelujah Lord you're worthy Glory and all the honor and all the praise. Oh, it makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak over this congregation right now. I speak over everyone that's here today. There's people that are fighting. I'm asking you right now, let them identify who their enemy is. Let them understand it's not their boss man. Let them understand that it's not their neighbor. Let them understand it's not their pastor. It's not the church member. Let them identify the problem is Satan. And we attack him right now. We rebuke him. I rebuke every work of darkness that has come against churches. That has come against families. I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. And so today I declare victory. I declare victory over everyone here. Satan will not win this battle. We're going to win. We're going to do it with spiritual weapons. Go ahead, Lisa. Just wait. Lisa's going to escort you out. Let's do it.